everyone. My name is Kendra Seymour. Thank you for joining us for another Change the Air Foundation interview. Today is a very special interview. It is one that hits really close to home for me, and I'm guessing for many of you listening. Today, I'm joined by Jody Hunter, who's graciously offered to share how her and her family's world was turned upside down, essentially, because of mold and water damage in their home. And as you'll hear, it was a long and difficult, and I imagine at times, scary journey for her family. But most importantly, her story is one of hope. So I hope you stay with us until the end, because it's stories like this that are the reason we do what we do. Jody, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I I was so glad we connected um, through a mutual acquaintance online. You had been sharing your story in the hopes that you could kind of help other people learn from what you guys went through. And that's something that I so relate to because it's part of the reason I, I co-founded Change the Air Foundation is to help um, people make fewer mistakes than than what we did. And so I appreciate you b- bringing you know, attention and shining a light on what happened to your family and and really agreeing to share your story here with us today. So if we can, if it's all right with you, let's just jump right in. I I would love to hear um, about what happened with your family. You guys were kind of unknowingly living in mold and water damage. Tell us about your journey. Yeah. So we moved into our home in September of 2021. And, you know, it was a beautiful home in one of the nicest neighborhoods in the area. We were new to the area and, you know, did all the typical inspections, home inspection, even an HVAC inspection. Um, I have a, I have five kids, but one of my kids, he's 12. His name is Jude. Um, he uh, has a lot of challenges, medically complicated, bipolar diagnosis and autism diagnosis. But we were working with a specialist. And at the time of moving into this home, he was improving tr- dramatically. I mean, we were seeing each month uh, his symptoms less and less. He was off all of his psych meds. Um, you know, we were really making some progress in his well-being. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really hopeful for this, this new move. So fast forward about five months into living in this home. So we've been there five months and I started to have some kind of unique symptoms. Um, I made an appointment with my doctor and I told him like, I think I have an autoimmune disease. Like no one else in my house is sick, but I have flu-like symptoms. Um, couldn't get out of bed. My whole body hurt. I was having weird joint pain. Um, just really having some bizarre, you know, I just attuned to my body. I'm like, something's not quite right. So of course my doctor does all the labs. Everything's normal. You're, you're fine. It's just, uh, maybe it's, you know, that time of the month, or maybe you're just having, you know, uh, allergies or something. You have five so, kids. You're busy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just tired. tired. You're not getting enough sleep. Um, so Um, At that same time, my son Jude started to regress. We started to see an increase in his aggression. We started to see, um, you know, just like some ticks were were coming back that were previously gone, Um, you know, seeing some OCD pretty severely, you know, having to touch things so many times. And, you know, I expressed concern to his specialist that we're working with that, you know, has a protocol for helping to recover from autism. And I'm sharing these concerns and he just kind of was scratching his head and like, you know, just keep doing what I told you to do. It's going to work. Like maybe as a virus, maybe uh, he has a dental infection, maybe he has an ear infection. 
Um, so told us to just, you know, not worry about it, keep moving forward, which of course is difficult when you have a child that's being aggressive. So um, my other four kids and my husband were not in the home 24-7. Only Jude and I were in the home 24-7. I work from home. Jude was not able to go to school. So, you know, we tended to be the um, the, the canaries of our family because we were we were there all the time in the house. Uh, fast forward, you know, we were in the home a total of 15 months. And so 10 of those months, um, Jude and I were getting progressively worse. Um, Jude's aggression got so severe that we had to put him back on psychiatric medications. And even those weren't stabilizing him. He probably should have been hospitalized, but, you know, my husband and I were determined to keep him home. Um, you know, there's pros and cons of, of both approaches. Um, but our life turned into Jude needing to be restrained or sedated several times a day, several hours a day. I had holes in the walls. I had broken furniture. Um, my younger kids were not safe around Jude. Um, and looking back, this was all because he was becoming toxic from toxic mold in our home. Of course, we didn't know that at the time. So over 10 months, we're seeing this progression of Jude getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, towards the end of that 10-month period, granted, being in the house 15 months, symptoms started at five months, really got bad by 10 months of being, I'm sorry, 15 months of being in the house uh, total. Um, Jude was in a wheelchair stroller to be able to leave the house. I was having to wash his hair. He's 12 um, and was high functioning before we moved into the house. I was having to, you know, wash his hair, help him bathe, help him dress. I would have to hold a cup of water to his mouth because he didn't have the strength in his hand to hold a cup of water. Uh, he literally just laid around all day raging, sleeping, or playing video games because it was the only distraction we could use to not literally be watching him 24-7. At the same time, my health was deteriorating rapidly. My brain fog was severe. My joint pain was severe. I had lung pain, um, but no explanation. Uh, CT scan normal, labs normal, x-rays normal, uh, MRI normal. Um, I was not sleeping well. I was having insomnia. Um, you know, I was having some bizarre symptoms like my my teeth hurt. Like, how do your teeth hurt? But my teeth hurt. Uh, my tongue was numb. My vision was blurry, even though I didn't realize that until weeks after exiting the house. Um, you know, just really declining and telling my doctor monthly. I was literally very, you know, uh, well, not having to go to the doctor very often for most of my life turned into monthly seeing my doctor and saying something is wrong with me. And so ultimately she sent me to, um, a immunologist who literally just swept me away. Didn't do any labs, said, you're fine. Sent me on my way. Um, sent me to, um, another specialist for autoimmune disease or rheumatologist who said, your joints are fine. You're good. You're healthy. I'm like, okay, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, and that was kind of how it went. So here we are, having been in the month in the home 15 months, Jude and I, bad shape. Other kids had symptoms as well, but I didn't put two and two together that, it, you know, maybe this was all connected. My uh, three-year-old was peeing on the carpet, you know, every day, didn't know why. We would discipline him. He wouldn't stop. Uh, my 
five-year-old had headaches every day. My six-year-old had a rash on her chest or a rash on her back. My 14-year-old was having um, a little bit of OCD show up that had never had OCD before, became obsessed with hand washing. Um, And, you know, we just were all not doing great, but couldn't figure out why. So our specialists that we're working with that had the the protocol for, you know, helping recover from autism decided to prescribe Jude some azithromycin, thinking maybe he has an infection. And so gave him the azithromycin and we saw dramatic transformation in our kid in four days. And then it went away. We lost him again two days later. And so when this happened, I started investigating pans and pandas and ultimately found a pan specialist uh, that we began working with around that 15-month point of being in the home. So this was um, October of last year, so 2022. So the pan specialist did some laps. And one of the laps that came up abnormal for, for Jude was his TF1 beta which was very elevated, as well as his mycoplasma antibodies, which according to the specialist said, this screams mold to me. Um, My husband and I pushed back and said, our house is not moldy. Have you seen it? It's beautiful. (laughs) Um, Mold's not a problem here. He insisted it was and pushed us to do an ERMI test, which, you know, the ERMI test, I did it myself, just collected some dust around the house and sent it off to a lab. Well, around this time, my grandfather passed away and we had to travel for the funeral. So the results are pending. The lab's been sent off. We leave the home for a whole week. And during this week, um, Jude's doctor kind of gave me a heads up that if it's mold and you leave, you might get better. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So I had that kind of in the back of my head. So we go traveling for this funeral and I start noticing um, I wasn't as tired. I felt like I could breathe. I'm like, man, my my chest feels a little bit lighter. Like I can breathe. Um, We saw a slight decrease in Jude's aggression. Um, You know, just kind of noticed some things were different when we weren't at the house. While we were gone, we got our ERMI test results and uh, the score came back 19, which equates to our home being moldier than 90% of homes in the U.S. Our Hertz Me score, I believe, was 15, uh, which is considered dangerous for those with CIRS, which turns out my son and I surely have CIRS. We came back home to the house had those results in mind and started looking for the mold. We're like, okay, well, where is it? So my husband bought uh, at the doctor's recommendation because unfortunately we don't have a reliable remediation company where we live. We don't have people that are knowledgeable about mold from a medical perspective where we live. And so we're kind of on our own without, you know, paying a lot of money to recruit someone from out of town. So my husband bought a, um, infrared camera and started looking for water damage. Didn't find any. Um, Our next bet was maybe it's the air conditioner. You know, we live in the South, it's very humid. Let's see. So I took a flashlight to my AC vent right above my bed, covered in thick black mold all throughout the AC ducts. Um, And we realized, well, there's our mold. Maybe not the only place, but it was definitely a, um, a culprit for what was making us sick. So when we came back 
from the funeral. You know, we're investigating for mold that first day, found it in the AC ducts. Um, all the alarms started going off in June in my bodies. Um, I started to have my hands burning. Um, I started to have trouble breathing and tachycardia. I would get lightheaded. Um, that first night in the house, I literally didn't sleep. I was up with just my heart racing, my hands burning, my feet burning. And I'm like, I've got to get out of this house. Now, granted, that was before I found um, your Facebook support group, Kendra, uh, on online. And before I knew much about, um, you know, mold and it being dangerous, I, I really didn't know much of anything. I hadn't even met with the doctor to discuss the results yet. But my body knew I have to get out of this house. Um, Jude came back and his ticks were probably 20 times a minute. So at the time, his tick was to throw his head back. And so you can imagine my 12-year-old son that could barely function just constantly throwing his tick, you know, his head back as as this um, toxicity, you know, re-entering his body, re-entering this home. And his body's like, no, you got to get out. It literally became a red flag for mold, his head tick, um, as well as, you know, severe rage and, and aggression when we got back to the house. Like he was, it was like a wild animal, like trying to get out um, of the environment, I think ultimately is what his um, innate, you know, brainstem was telling him. So within a week, we abandoned the home, uh, moved into a hotel and decided we were going to uh, remediate the AC ducts and put the house on the market, which was the advice of our physician who said, you know, unfortunately, I don't think you nor your son as severe as our toxicity symptoms were, were capable of healing in that home, even if we were remediated was what he advised us. That, I, I mean, what you're saying, I think for anyone listening, some of the big takeaways there are that, and this is something we see all the time. You have the same family living in the same home. And you're experiencing different symptoms to varying degrees, some minor that you don't, they don't even register, and then some more severe. And it's one of those things, and I, I get this because I, you know, I've had that response too. It can't be my home. When when somebody finally says, Have you thought about mold and water damage? Which can take years, as as it it took a long time with you. Your doctor's like, you're fine, your tests are normal. And you say, Well, my house, like I my house is clean. And I think one of the, the messages that we're trying to get out there, it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter how big your home is. Indoor air quality, mold and water damage. If, if you're living in modern housing, plumbing or AC or, you know, anything like that, you're, you need to be paying attention to this because it really can impact us all. So you guys ended up then moving to a hotel, putting the house on the market. So where are you now then? And how is everyone feeling? Yeah. So um, we lived in a hotel for four weeks. It was extremely difficult to find a hotel in our area that I didn't react to. Um, we joked that my son and I were now human mold detectors. I would walk into a room, my hands would burn if it was moldy and my son's tick would go off. So we knew between the two of us, you know, when we entered a hotel, if it was safe for us or not. Um, of course, we also purchased an air purifier for the room to be able to, you know, make it as clean as possible. So we lived in a hotel for four weeks, um, you know, financially devastating for, for our family to have to bear that with a mortgage. Um, very challenging. From there, um, 
we started looking for an apartment and we have five kids. There's seven of us. <laughs> we were in a 3000 square foot house. We moved into a 1500, um, you know, square feet, uh, apartment that we did an ERMI test for first before moving in. It came back at uh, a 12, which was a little risky, but my body wasn't reacting when we entered, you know, spent some time there. And it was also very dirty when we did the test. So I felt confident that if it had been cleaned, it probably would have been a lot lower score. So uh, we lived there for six months and then we purchased a brand new build uh, in May of this year. Now, granted, I would not say necessarily that this house, you know, uh, long-term would be safe because um, I think if I were to build it myself, I would have built it very differently. However, um, it was safe enough for our family to move into and and continue healing. Uh, We have air purifiers in the AC and in every room. And we also use dehumidifiers, you know, throughout the house as well. I think in our area, the biggest enemy to mold is humidity. We live in South Texas. And so, you know, even if you don't have water damage, you can have mold growing in your walls because of humidity. And so um, this is a temporary home for us because we're just here for my husband's job for a few years. And so the plan is to just keep it as dry as possible um, in order to keep us healthy, you know, while we're here for a few years. I think that's another really important takeaway. I think everyone thinks that I have to find this perfect place. My next move or my next step has to be perfect. And there really is no perfect home. And and that's hard to hear, but it's also reassuring. You really, sometimes you have to make a, a step in the direction that is better than where you are, or the absolute best you can do given your circumstance. And then do things that help prevent and mitigate and reduce exposure. And I, I love that you're talking about humidity. You can buy a hygrometer for $10 for Amazon. They're pretty accurate. Gives you every room. Yep. <laughs> and you want it below 50%. If you can, you may need to bring in de- dehumidifiers. Um, other prevention strategies, we talk about those on the website and things like that. But that is, I think that is a really important message. And, and you said something too, that your family for right now, your family is able to heal. And I love that you you also reiterate, you guys are paying attention to what your body is telling you. You know, for those of us, I, I have a child, she's my canary, she's my pandas and every other acronym, much like your family. And she is the one who who can tell first when a situation isn't great. And sometimes that's, you know, more valuable than any test. So one of the things I know... Um, for me, our journey was over 10 years ago. I sometimes look back and I think, what would I have done differently? So looking back, what would you have done differently knowing what you know now? Yeah. Well, first of all, I would have done an army test on that house that made us sick and I would have never bought it. Um, That would have been my step one if I could go back in time. And so, you know, moving forward, um, we've advised our teenage boys, you know, and we'll continue to advise our kids as, as they get older to move out that, you know, testing a home before you move in and looking for signs of water damage, signs of mold is really important when finding a new place to live, even if it's temporary, even if it's a hotel, even if it's a dorm. Um, and so, you know, that would be my my first suggestion is moving forward, you know, army test, 250 bucks, well worth the investment. Um me. The other thing that, um, you know, I wish I would have done differently is you don't have to get rid of all of your things immediately. Like, you know, it was, there's a lot of trauma tied up with experiencing toxic mold. There's a lot of trauma tied up in 
having to leave your home that, you know, it may have been your forever home or you, your kids grew up there or you love this home or it might've been your grandmother's home, you know, et cetera. And so I rushed to purge all of our things because they, they were covered in mycotoxins and I did feel sick around them. I could touch things and my hands would burn. I, you know, felt terrible when I was around our things. And so things that the research shows couldn't be cleaned. I just perched. I just got rid of everything. Looking back, I wish I had taken more time to be able to try to salvage some things that were sentimental to my husband or my kids. Um, I learned in the big picture, it's more about minimizing exposure than eliminating exposure. And so, you know, some of those things we may have kept, but like kept them in the garage in a bin and like, you know, you only played with them outside or, you know, you only looked at them outside, things like that. And so looking back, I wish I had not gotten rid of everything quite so quickly. Yeah, that's a hard one because when you're when you come to the realization that your home is making you sick, and you start doing some research, there's a lot of advice out there. It can be very overwhelming and very scary. And sometimes, I think, you know, you focus on, well, we just have to take care of this and get rid of this now. And sometimes it's worth taking a pause. You can put those things in a temperature controlled storage unit. And say, you know what, I'm I'm going to address this later. You can work with your IEP, your indoor environmental professional. We have resources on the website for that. That's the person who can test and expect your home. You can talk with your doctor who is knowledgeable about environmentally acquired illnesses like what's caused from mold and water damage, CIRS and others. Um, and they can help you with that. And so really what your family did though, is you made that first step, you got out of the home and you're like, that's step one. And then you made a plan. And I, I want to take a moment to recognize for you. And and I know firsthand and so many, how hard that is because financially it's devastating. You're sick physically to some degree, chances are someone in your home, financially, it's devastating. Emotionally, it's draining. Mentally, it's just such a hard thing. But one of the things that that we try to share with people and why I wanted to bring you on with your story is you really have this message of hope. So you kind of already alluded to it. You know, somebody going through this, what other advice would you give them other than to maybe test and take time to inspect your home and and maybe not, you know, panic right away? What anything else you want to say to them that kind of helps them, you know, maybe think through their next steps a little bit more? Yeah. Um, well, you know, back to the the idea of testing a home and making sure it's good enough for you, right? Like this home that we're in right now had an ERMI score of 12, which of course is debatable whether or not it was safe, but it was safe enough for us. And it was also dirty when we tested it. So just wanted to throw that out there too, because I know those scores can be very scary when you are using that as a precaution. Um, you know, the first thing I would say to someone going through something similar is, first of all, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. I don't care what doctor tells you you might be or, you know, dismisses you for expressing concern of your health because of mold. Um, I think that is important to realize that your symptoms are real. What you're experiencing is real and it's traumatic. Um, it's very hard to go through something like this where I don't know what the actual percentage is, but I would say probably 90% plus of people in our country are not knowledgeable about the dangers of mold, including physicians, including healthcare, including our family members. And so I think finding community that um, 
is supportive is really important, even if it's just a friend or two. I had a couple family members and a couple of friends that I could call and share and they didn't think I was crazy. And so find your people. That's important uh, for your for your mental health, especially. I would say uh, the second piece of advice I would give to someone that is having health symptoms related to mold is the number one treatment that helped me and my son recover was supplemental oxygen. Um, you know, this is something that even Amazon sells oxygen concentrators. Um, it's, you don't have to have a prescription for it, but it was the single most impactful immediate relief that I received, um, after being toxic from mold. And so I slept with a oxygen supplementer, um, you know, a nose cannula, uh, for three months as well as my son. And it allowed me to sleep after, you know, not being able to sleep and having such insomnia, you know, when we leave mold, mold doesn't leave our bodies right away. So we bring it with us. And so, especially in our lungs. And I found that, Having oxygen made me feel better physically. It gave me back, um, you know, cleared up the brain fog, gave me back mental clarity. It helped my vision. Um, it was tremendously helpful. And if you're not able to find a medical professional that can, you know, help you with that, um, again, you know, you can even buy a device on Amazon. Um, and the last piece would be, you know, in finding a physician or a medical expert that is knowledgeable of mold and recognizes and acknowledges your symptoms are real and is knowledgeable enough to treat them. Uh, cholestotrimine was, uh, or CSM was paramount to our recovery. We took it every day for the first four weeks. Thankfully, I had a physician that was willing to write that prescription for me and uh, support us in that following of the Shoemaker protocol. And so um, I would say that those two pieces, the CSM and the supplemental oxygen, helped me turn the corner from being very sick and very toxic to feeling significantly better and being able to go back to work. Yeah, that I, I think it's always helpful for people to hear, you know, ideas about what what worked for them. Um, because you just never know, we each all respond differently. And I, I do want to take a moment to do a shameless plug for just a second. If you visit our website at changetheairfoundation.org and you go to our summit tab, we just released a um, summit. It's free to watch. We have over 30 episodes, lots of doctors, and they take you through some of the treatment options and how to find a physician. And so anyone listening, if you're not even sure how to get started, with that, please check that out. It's at changetheairfoundation.org and you can go to our summit tab and see that because you, and I imagine this is the case, but correct me if I'm wrong. If you go to just your general family practitioner or your regular pediatrician, chances are they aren't going to understand or even consider something like mold or water damage as being responsible or making worse some of your symptoms. Um, I know you kind of, you know, they ran their tests and said, you're fine, you're normal. So what what type of doctor did you end up finding that was able to connect those dots for you? Yeah. So yeah, my, my local doctor told me stop talking about mold. And I had two other doctors, including the, the specialist that was treating my autistic son, drop our case because of I said the mold word. Um, so it was extremely difficult to find a physician that would listen when I didn't know where to look. 
Um, after reading Dr. Krista's book and uh, Dr. Nathan's toxic book, uh, both of them have websites that have a uh, search for doctors in your area that um, are knowledgeable about treating mold. And so I found a doctor in our state. I had to travel, but it was worth it. That actually took my insurance also, um, which was really nice. And so, you know, I was able to find a physician in network that was able to, to help um, get us on the right track for recovering. Yeah, it, it, it is one of those things that for for mainstream medicine right now, and we're hoping to change that at the foundation, we really want to shorten the time it takes for your doctor to make that connection between your health and your home. Um, but in the meantime, you know, it usually means people looking at integrative or functional type doctors looking outside of, um, unfortunately, what is probably covered by your insurance. But I love that you continue to advocate for yourself and you and your family, and you didn't give up. You're like, this isn't normal. I know my body, you know, these regression and symptoms that you saw in your son, you didn't give up. So not to put you on the spot, though, what kind of changes would you like to see happen just as a result of what happened to your family? Because the reason I connected with you is because you are sharing your story, you are advocating for others. So what would you like to see change? Absolutely. Um, You know, you mentioned it shouldn't take so long for physicians to even consider, you know, mold being a problem. Um, I would love to see physicians rule out an environmental factor at the very beginning of the diagnosis process. Um, my son, you know, showed autism symptoms and some OCD symptoms at age three. And looking back, that was likely also a home that had toxic mold. Just looking back at what my symptoms were at the time when he started to get sick. And so had a physician, you know, he saw a pediatrician regularly, ear ear infections, sore throats, a cough, a runny nose, vaccines, monthly, you know, uh, six month checkups, your annual checkups, never once even considered that maybe our house had toxic mold. And that's why he had that lip liquor dermatitis, for example, or maybe that's why he was regressing, or maybe that's why he was becoming aggressive. And so I would love to see physicians um, be be educated in looking for environmental factors such as mold uh, and how it impacts symptoms that are very treatable if, um, if you're able to do so. Yeah. You don't, the, the lost childhoods is what I'd like to say, and, you know, missed opportunities because, you know, that we, we experienced that in our own family with my children. And ultimately I was told that for my daughter, it was all in her head. Um, and, it's just tragic because it doesn't have to be that way. And we screen children at the beginning. Like, I don't know about you, you go to the dot and they're like, Oh, look at this survey. You know, do you live in a home built before 1978? You know, have you been exposed to, there is no reason why we couldn't start adding questions and information about mold and water damage to that. If only even just to get it on people's radar, that this is a very real health epidemic, Um, sick buildings, six homes. It's widespread. so I, I want to know, because I know we're, we're out of time just about, but what does the future look like for you and your family? Yeah. So my children that, uh, you know, the other four that were neurotypical, you know, even living in the, the moldy house are, are doing great. They've made full recoveries, no medical concerns, you know, just less than a year later. Um, my son Jude is also recovering. He is um, going to school for the first time in three years. He is off all the psychiatric meds again um, and has been for a while. 
And, you know, we are hopeful that he will continue to recover as well, you know, making small progress each month. Uh, myself, I would say I feel 95%, 95% of the time uh, when I'm exposed, I, you know, do feel some of those symptoms return, but thankfully, usually within about 24 hours, um, I, I feel like myself again. So my next step is actually um, I'm applying to medical school this spring, and I am hoping to be one of those physicians that, you know, rules out environmental factors uh, for our sick kids. And I also hope to advocate for change within the medical community once I, I get there. I, I love that you're taking, you know, your pain and you're turning it into this passion to help other people because um, I, I that so resonates with me because the more of us that talk about it and the more that we, you know, come together to raise this awareness, I think we can start to, you know, change um how we live and how we take care of our homes and the places that we work so that we can be healthier, right? Everyone deserves clean indoor air. Um, thank you, Jody, so much for sharing your story and being here and being so honest with us and offering that hope because it, your story really shows just how big of an impact the air that you're breathing can have and, and what happens when, you know, doctors and whoever don't help us make those connections. So thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you. For everyone else, if you could hang on for just a moment, I, want to ask you to um, not only like, follow, and share us on Facebook and Instagram and all of those places so that we can help more people understand that their indoor air can keep them healthy or make them sick. But I'm asking for you to join us, to join me in making a difference Um this year by helping us fund some important programs that we have at Change the Air Foundation. Sadly, as I said, sick buildings and sick homes are a growing epidemic, and we are struggling to do a decent job at addressing this. And it's at the expense of our health, our children's health, the health of your friends and your coworkers. We want that to change, but we can't do this alone and we need your help. We want to reach more people, more doctors, more legislators, more politicians, more contractors, more remediators. When you donate today, your money goes towards those three initiatives that change the Air Foundation, our education, which is free resources for you, for your loved ones, for doctors, um, our policy reform and research. To date, uh, we've had five state bills get passed. We've had, or I'm sorry, proposed, excuse me. We've had one federal bill proposed and that's because of people like you who are calling and supporting and donating. Um, our most you know, current research project is funding research that will shorten the time it takes for doctors to correctly diagnose that those who are made sick from mold and water damage buildings. But again, we can't do this without your generosity, without your support. So no amount is too small. Um, I volunteer every day at Change the Air Foundation because I don't want what happened to me, what happened to Jody, what happened to so many others to happen to you and your family. Um, so please help us change the air by donating now at changetheairfoundation.org and clicking donate. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.